0: Well, welcome. Welcome to you all. Welcome to Palestine Deep Dive. Uh, this is actually our 79th edition of the show um, and the last one before we take a brief summer break. Um, today, we are in collaboration with We Are Not Numbers, which is a youth-led Palestinian nonprofit project in the Gaza Strip. And it tells the stories, uh, they tell the stories behind the numbers of Palestinians in the news and they advocate for human rights. And I'm joined by Roa, by Hamza and by Fatima. Um, We'll be coming to them shortly, but we also want to hear from you. I can see we're already having people getting in touch from around the place, letting us know who they are, what their questions are. Please do get in touch. Um, We'd like to hear from you. Let us know where you are calling from. Um, My name's Mark Seddon. Uh, I used to be a uh, correspondent for Al Jazeera television, and then I worked for the United Nations. I worked for the uh, former secretary general Ban Ki-moon and former, former President of the General Assembly, uh, Maria Fernanda Espinoza. And here at Palestine Deep Dive, uh, as you know, many of you who follow us and uh, get our daily newsletter and uh, see all of the interviews that we do, we keep on top of what's really happening uh, and we try and tell the stories and open up opportunities for people who are not Uh, who often are ignored by mainstream media. Now I don't think for a moment Roa, Hamza and Fatima should be ignored and they won't be and we're going to be hearing from them uh, because this summer uh, marks uh, 17 years of Israel's siege and blockade of Gaza. It's the longest siege of the 21st century. There's been an awful lot of uh, comment in the British media and the Western media, American media about the current protests in Israel and how difficult things are for some Israelis. Well, they might be difficult for some Israelis, but as we keep on saying here at Palestine Deep Dive, they're a whole lot more difficult for people in the occupied Palestinian territories, Palestinians who have been under occupation and, of course, under siege, as they are in Gaza. 2.2 million Palestinians living in Gaza today. They've endured rounds of Israel's lethal aerial assaults delivered with world-leading industrialized military technology on a population that is effectively living in an open prison. Uh, Hamas, who won the last election to take place in 2006, have also been criticized for firing rockets, often indiscriminately, into Israel. But there is no doubt that uh, where most of the military attacks are coming from, and frankly, they have been coming from Israel. And in 2012, And Israel, of course, is a a member state of the United Nations uh, and should be upholding international law. In 2012, the United Nations projected that Gaza would be unlivable by 2020. uh, And today, uh, in 2023, Palestinians are continuing to endure this uh, economic crisis, uh, which is manufactured by the sanctions. Huge unemployment, 98% of water is undrinkable, uh, electricity blackouts continue daily um, and by any rational judgment Gaza today is probably pretty unlivable uh, and you know we're so delighted to be joined by our guest today and I have to say that you know we may have some problems because their connectivity may be um, a little difficult broadband doesn't work particularly well in a, in a place that is under siege. No, we'll
1: uh, Thank you
0: Three joining.
1: <laughs>
0: today. I'm just going to begin by um, by coming to each of you. If you could just surf, let us know something about yourselves, let us know something about We're Not Numbers, also what you've been doing. I mean, Hamza, I'll come to you in a minute, but I know you've been writing for us and we're very grateful. But, Ruh, starting with you, tell, tell us something about yourself uh, and tell us something about daily life in Gaza
1: okay uh, first of all i just want to say thank you for this great opportunity to talk uh, my name is uh, i'm a 19 year old uh, english french student and uh, i'm currently a junior student um, i'm also a writer at we are not numbers uh, we are not numbers is a project to uh, of training to train uh, young palestinian youth to uh, to and introduce them to creative writing and writing personal stories uh to talk about uh, the palestinian life and and how we are not numbers exactly um uh daily life here in gaza as uh, most gazans will say uh it's okay it's normal but um it's kind of uh not that easy for us as we've been under siege for 17 years um you can realize how hard it is for to get even the essentials of life, the water, the electricity, and even my internet connection actually is really bad because mm. uh, we, we, it's it's really bad. And um, it's... Uh, but we Palestinians always have this uh, way to uh, be creative and and live the life uh, even uh, despite the, the difficulties and the suffer we encounter in our life. So I would say um, it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's we 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 can handle it
0: <laughs> and and Roa, you are. I mean, because a lot of people who are watching this have probably have some idea, and of course, people who don't know very much about uh, Gaza uh, and and the other occupied Palestinian territories won't know that not only is it uh, virtually impossible for you, for instance, to go to let's say Jerusalem um, or Jenin or Hebron, uh, but it's also extremely difficult for you to leave Gaza. However, you are about to go to France, I think. Uh, you were telling me just before we began. Yes. How, how, what did you have to do? Because you're going to go, you've got a scholarship in France and congratulations for that. But what did you have to do to, to get, to actually be able to get permission to leave Gaza, to go to France?
1: Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say that it's really sad that I am going to go to France and Europe and I didn't even visit my uh, my neighbors in uh, in Hebron or in Jerusalem uh, who are just uh, an, half an hour away from me, which is uh, kind of sad uh, because uh, obviously we cannot leave Gaza. But uh, when it comes to specific scholarship... Um, uh, ambassadors and and uh, people of responsibility would uh, like uh, engage in such stuff to uh facilitate this uh, such uh like it's tough for us especially for travel. it's been hard because if you ask someone uh, i want to go for france for example i would like just go for the airport book a ticket and then you go to france it's it's not like this here in palestine we have to assign uh papers to go through um the uh the port in the sorry the uh the areas, uh, if you know that, and then to go to Jericho, and then from Jericho we have to leave to Jordan, and from Jordan we're gonna have a flight to France, and it's really hard because there is no airport here in Gaza, and nor we are allowed to go airports in uh, occupied Palestinian territories. So it took us like more than a month to prepare the papers, all the stuff, just to uh, take the uh, the check point or the acceptance from the uh, the Israeli side to actually leave Gaza. We got it, but after like three weeks of Safa and going from place to another, and it's, yeah, it's been really hard, but for people like us, it's worth it to go to see the world. And funny, yeah, like I ironically enough, I'm going to meet people from West Bank in France who are like my neighbours, but I can't see them in my country, but I will see them in Lyon. And it's it's really depressing, but at least I'll get to see them.
0: That, that, that is just extraordinary, isn't it? So it's an eye-opening for a lot of people, I think. Now, Hamza, thank you for joining us. Um, and you've written for Palestine Deep Dive in the past. You're a writer with We're Not Numbers, Tell us something about yourself. You're also in Gaza. All three of you, of course, are talking, talking to us from Gaza. And the connection can be a bit unstable, as we know, and as Roe was just mentioning. But tell us, tell us something about yourself. Uh, you need to unmute yourself, Hamza. Oh, sorry.
2: Uh, thank you for hosting us today for uh, this meeting. Uh, well, I'm Hamza Salha from Gaza. I'm uh, uh, a junior student at al University. I study English education. I joined uh, the cohort, the 16 cohort of Werner's Numbers uh, of 2022. And now I work as uh, a freelance journalist, uh, writing on different kinds of uh, international magazines, including uh, uh, a uh, palestine deep dive after the cooperation between we are not numbers and uh, palestine deep dive
0: <clears throat> the
2: story i wrote uh, on your platform was uh, uh i just was written i just the last uh, israeli aggression against gaza uh, I wrote, uh, I mean, I shed uh, the light on uh, the children and the, the, this kind of stuff and how the children are living uh, uh, in this harsh situation and how they are witnessing uh, these uh, uh, wars against them. Uh, and by the end of the story, also, I expressed uh, my fear uh, for my uh, 6 months uh, old uh, Rahav. And how I felt uh, that feeling of protectiveness towards her, uh, how she reacted to the uh, uh, every nerve bumping of the Israeli occupation, and Mm. it's never been a coincidence when I found once a beacon from the beginning of the last Israeli aggression. uh, I I saw it as a kind of uh, she's talking my uh, uh, window, uh, the window that is really directly behind me. Uh, she was taken it as a bombing shelter, and uh, after soon after the uh, war ended, she left uh, as something like uh, she felt of safety and uh, left uh, from uh, my window cell. Experiencing about nuts numbers, uh, if you're interested in that, uh, I would say it's that. Uh, I would have never been the person who I am uh, without We Are Not Numbers. We Are Not Numbers mainly concerned of uh, of, of amplifying the youth voices. Uh, basically, uh, We Are Not Numbers. I was objected to uh, six months of training. The first three months was uh, uh, included uh, uh, different kinds of sessions: sessions and the international law sessions uh, and the creative writing sessions on uh, the human rights, uh, and in the last three months we had the opportunity to write our own stories and apply what we uh, have been learning uh, throughout uh, out all of these three previous months. Mm-hmm. And uh, soon after uh, these uh, six months ended, uh, we used to say always and forever, uh, once a one always a one so I'm one-er forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, after the end of these... Uh, cohort time you know six months time uh we had that norwegian project for our cohort while you know the other sessions are going on for the uh cohort uh, that followed us you know mm-hmm. uh the norwegian project uh, which is uh, main concerns and photography so uh, we used to take some kinds of photographies from daily lives in Gaza. Uh, different kinds of photos. Uh, we were asked to uh, take uh, these shots, and uh, we had—I uh, 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 forget actually his name. He was kind of sober, making a kind of sober vision on these uh, photos. Right. And then, and then, yeah. Uh, uh, after or before and after and until now uh, uh, i joined also with that sub project of Werner's numbers uh, 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 like one month ago was the graduation uh, uh celebration uh, of it uh, which is uh, one report uh, it's a project that is uh for for the first time to be made in on the level of the goal the whole gaza strip by uh the experienced freelance journalist ahmed samak ahmed samak also is uh uh, like a previous warner and uh, he used to be a coordinator assistant and then or a project assistant, and then he gave us that uh, a project, which is one report. Uh, we objected to uh, more than 80 hours of uh, freelance uh, journalist, like uh, more than 80 hours mm-hmm. of uh, journalism uh, training. And now, uh, as a result of this training, after the last Israeli aggression, I wrote uh, over four stories, expressing uh, the different kinds of uh, Gaza, and Palestine Deep Dive story uh, was one of them, you know.
0: Excellent. Well, look, for um, uh, Hamza's uh, piece, by the way, we, uh, which he just mentioned, if, if you want to read uh, Hamza's article, which he wrote for Palestine Deep Dive, um, it's titled A Shadow Over Our Childhoods, The Peril of Occupation. And you can find it on the Palestine Deep Dive site. Um, Fatima, coming to you, um, tell us something about yourself, if you will. You're also in Gaza um, and uh i'm I'm guessing that you know like with Hamza and Roa, you know almost ninety percent of your life, possibly more must have been spent living under this occup- under this siege effectively and under these uh, economic sanctions but tell us uh, tell us about yourself what you' what you do and what you're doing with uh, we are not numbers. Can you hear me, fatima? Can you hear me, Fatima? I think we may have got. I think you know. As we mentioned at the start of the show, we we there are real problems sometimes with uh, broadband coming out of Gaza. Uh, this is just an, another uh, effect of 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 this regime that people are forced to live under. Fatima, can you hear me? No. Well, look. We'll look. We'll come back to Fatima. Hopefully, as soon as as soon as you can hear us, Fatima. Uh, send me a signal, and we'll come to you. I mean, of course, here in in, um, in Britain, where we've been living with with rain and and cool weather for the past week, we're looking at the situation right across Europe and seeing how incredibly hot it is at the moment. But of course, what we're not hearing about is how life is like for all of you in Gaza, because I, I, I'm guessing that you still got electricity blackouts so i mean tell me have you right now i mean have you got the electricity on you've got light you know we've got broadband and what have you but what is the situation with when it's when the temperatures are so extreme as they are now and with air conditioning and all the rest of it these basic things
1: uh well basically electricity here uh is not um the bestest obviously Mm. uh it's uh it's really bad it sucks because um Uh, We can't get actually uh, enough electricity from the Israeli side in order to uh, uh, to run uh, our stuff. Uh, Especially that uh, in the captive market, uh, we cannot actually. uh, We totally depend on the Israeli side, sadly. Uh, Actually, the electricity is currently uh, off. We don't have electricity, uh, but uh, lucky uh, us, or lucky my family, I guess, we have these uh, solar panels. Uh, so, and um, I'm using actually, if, I don't know if I can show that, like a desk lamp in order to to adjust the lightning, because it's nighttime and the solar panels are not at the peak. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty hard And especially in, in this in these high temperature, because um, like uh, everyone is, we are like away from Eid al Adha and the meat and the refrigerators and and it's it's really bad for, for such t- temperatures. We really we do need electricity, obviously, but it's uh, yeah, it's and well, of course,
0: have because row for the most basic things you know for, for a fridge, for oven, for for, for air conditioning. Um, it's unimaginable for many people elsewhere to, to 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 think that you know for great parts of the day you simply have nothing. And, and what happens with a freezer that gets switched off with food in it?
1: I mean, what other than a, a rotten meat and a rotten tomato? Uh, that's all we got at the end of the day. And a really, really uh, a lot of amount of sweat because we are not able to uh, run, uh fans or air conditioners. So uh, it's pretty hard, people. Uh, people, these are essentials, as you have said, and, and uh, these essentials are not like provided. So,
0: yes, F- Fatima, not, can you hear me, Fatima? I think Fatima having having some problems. Fatima, can you hear me? I think you're still on. Are you on mute? Because we can't hear you. Well, look. Whilst, whilst Fatima's um, is trying to connect there, um, we've got uh, we we we've got, we're getting some messages in from people and, uh, and hopefully some questions too. Do send your questions in from wherever you are. Um, our three guests would love to hear from you. Um, good evening, Palestinian comrades. Says Katie Marshall. First time here, and uh, N- Navarra live mentioned you, uh, and I want to expand my knowledge of your struggle. Stephen Calder says, me too. Thanks for the shout out for this channel. Um, Best wishes, guys, says Mohamed Zaha. Uh, Katie Marshall in Glasgow in Scotland says, I have a question. What can I do here in Glasgow to help out? Well, that's a question for you, Hamza. Here we have uh, Katie in Glasgow. How, how can she be, how can she help? Is well, there anything um,
2: that people like her can do? Uh, well, actually, it's hard for them uh, to help us, us directly or in any other way than uh, uh, supporting us. We really appreciate uh, every kind of uh, supportive words from the outside. You you never imagine how much it means for us as Palestinians when someone outside Gaza uh, living his own life and his own uh, entertaining and feeling of us, uh, feeling of uh, our suffering. So basically we are so thankful for her, for uh, for her intention uh, of supporting us. This is something uh, supportive in its whole. So. Uh, I don't know what kind of support she is going to. Uh, 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 she intends to support us, but at all, we really appreciate this kind of uh, supportive words. Now, uh, wear nuts numbers. All being the fund rising, she might can uh, support wear nuts numbers, uh, if, uh, and in this way, she is supporting us. She is helping us amplifying our voices. Mm. This might be a way of supporting us and supporting the Palestinian youth voices.
0: Yes. Thank you, Hamza. I mean, uh, this is, I mean, Katie's question, I mean, she says here, uh, I feel guilty. I have electricity pretty much 24 seven. I needed to keep, I needed to keep myself fed and keep my basic hygiene. I feel for you all not having the basics I take for granted. We do hear a lot from people uh, who, I I mean, who are very supportive of the Palestinian cause. And and, and yet when they come on a show like this, they, they are sometimes shocked even beyond their original uh, uh, shock and surprise at the way in which you have been forced to live and people really do want to help so Roab is there is there what what can people like Katie be doing to help
1: well um, let me say if if you just read our stories that we personally write that would be great to know about us uh personally because that's that's the purpose of the story. We want people to, to to know about the stuff we live. So that would be a great pleasure if you just know about this. And uh, your thoughts that you're thinking of how to help is just a help in itself. Uh I I really like the idea of networking. Whenever something happens, I go to my friends and spread that. So maybe you can, like, uh, talk with your friends about it, spread the awareness uh, of, of uh, how uh, Gazans are living and actually uh, to, to read the stories, to watch the videos. and Also, as uh, Hamza said, the, the fundraising thing uh, that one is uh, currently conducting. So, but basically just um, uh, supporting us and supporting our stories will be more than enough and we will be so
0: thankful. Thank you Ra Fatima, I'm going to come to you. I mean, you've been valiantly you know trying to get back on. I know you're having problems with the technology there. F- Fatima, can you hear us? We still can't hear you.
3: hear me now?
0: Ah Fat. yes, we can hear you. fantastic. Okay. Well, thank you thank you for, for persisting. Are oh, you switched off on again? Fatima. Keep switched on and tell us something about yourself.
3: I think now all fine, all is fine.
0: Excellent, tell us something about yourself. Okay,
3: sorry for the bad internet connection. You know, Gaza, electricity, and all of these problems that happen here. Mm. Um, It's Fatima Zahra, I am an English law student, studying at Al-Azhar University. I am about to be at my third year. I am a writer at WAN, and also I volunteer at human rights organizations here in Gaza such as Al-Mizan, al Damir, and so on. Uh, I love the idea of being able to spread the culture of human rights and to help the people to claim their rights and to know the mechanism, how they can claim and know about their rights. Um, And now when when I'm talking about the blockade about Gaza and things that hit me differently and hit me, especially because I am living under this blockade, it's really hard and it's really means to me to be able to speak to this and um, this is the the benefit of we are not numbers and this is what we are not number is trying to give us uh it's trying to give us the opportunity to convey the culture of us as palestinian so that's why we are not number is such uh, an important uh, program here in gaza Uh, and they love being a winner and they love the idea of being once a winner always a winner um yes uh, and when I'm talking about you as you ask about we are not num- we are not numbers a program we are talking about a program that's helping us as youth people to speak up for their cause to speak more about Palestinian narrative and you know the idea that always we as Palestinian are just victims and we always as Palestinian it's just politics. And when we come to We Are Not Numbers and the readers for We Are Not Numbers see the personal side of Palestinian people, see the idea of how they can be human, how they can live, that we are normal people who long to live, to love, to sing, and to have the normal life. And for the question that she was asking, how she can help us, she can help us by donating for our program as One Are Not Numbers right now. We are having... having, uh, we, have, we are having our website to donate for us to have more generations of writers who can speak for a Palestinian cause, who can let the world know more about Palestine. And also she can help us by letting the world know about the Palestinian narrative, sharing our stories, reading our narrative, and let the world know that we are humans and we cannot normalize war. We cannot normalize the idea of being just victims. And this is that the all world can help us by doing this. Yes.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, th- very sound advice, Fatima, and some really useful things for people to go and do. I'm, I'm just thinking. I mean, we were just talking about you know the the, the realities of of your life uh, as Palestinians in Gaza, finding it very difficult to leave, f- finding it virtually impossible to go and visit friends, family, other countrymen and countrywomen in the in 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 the West Bank and Palestine. You can't do that. Um, and we know about the, the, the blockade, the sanctions that uh, have been mounted, the fact that uh, electricity is, is uh, scant, uh, water is, is scant, all of these things, all of these terrible problems. And to compound, compound it all, uh, as you know, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency is, uh, is a vital, vital part of, of, of keeping uh, life uh, running and together together. In the occupied Palestinian territories, and yet may well in September run out of money. So there is a, a renewed urgency, don't you think, Fatima, for the, the the global community to to wake up, to listen, uh, and to put pressure on their governments. I mean, what do you? I mean, what 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 needs to really happen to make uh, people sit up, take notice, and be aware of what's happening to you as young people who have spent all of your lives living under siege.
3: Yes, okay. First of all, whenever we talk about a blockade and uh, Gaza, we talk about how this blockade not only people, but also goods, and making it challenging for essential uh, needs and supplies uh, to get uh, here in Gaza. Not just on, it is not just only about we as people are not able to go outside to see our families outside Gaza. It's about that all our aspects of life is affected by this blockade. It is not just about us are not able to go outside. It's about that we are not able sometimes to have food, to have medicine, to have food to 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 reach uh, those who are in need so here is the idea of imagine like i'm studying law and whenever i'm studying international law and whenever i'm studying international humanitarian law i have the idea of that civilians must be protected civilian must not have been attacked and civilians, and civilians, and we have a lot of uh, treaties, conventions, declarations talking about human rights, talking about women, talking about the children. But whenever it comes to Gaza, international community stop talking about this, and they ask they say us as just Palestinian. They are, they do not see, uh, they didn't see us as, um, as as a human. It's hard. Imagine the declaration of human rights. Whenever you are talking about the human rights, you are talking about that they are fundamental rights for every and each person irrespective to their nationality, irrespective to their color, irrespective to their nation, irrespective to their race. But when it comes to Palestine, international community, stop talking about this. I know that a lot of people are supporting at us and speaking for us. But the thing that we need to, to, to put pressure for their governments in order to stop giving the, the support for Israeli occupation. And this is the idea of us. We are here as youth. And this is what we are uh, trying to do when we are, ri- when we are writing we are writing to let the world stand with us by knowing the reality of us as Palestinians, by knowing that we don't have the aspects of life when we are talking about education, when we are talking about economy, when we are talking about health, and when we are talking about movement. Imagine that you are not able to go out to go to visit Jerusalem, while Jerusalem is very close for us for Gaza. Mm-hmm. And That's imagine how hard it is you can't see your people outside yeah. because of this blockade because of political matters it's yes. hard so that's why we are trying to speak up so the people of uh, each and every country have to, to to put their governments under pressure by speaking up for palestinian by speaking up for uh, the, the truth by speaking up for our right of uh, self determination mm. this is the idea what we what i'm thinking about because you know we are on a cycle of violence We are in a cycle of losing our lives and imagine maybe i am the one who is gonna be the next time killed and attacked so that's hard and this is something which is make us and put us as palestinian in pain we cannot every time survive and we didn't survive imagine in each and every war how much we lose people how many people are, are 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 killed and wounded? Children, women, leaving their dreams, leaving their homes behind them. And imagine when we have to leave our home uh, in front of our eyes, to, uh, our eyes to be attacked. So all of these things, that things that must put the international community uh, under accountability and to put them under pressure to speak up for Palestinians, to stop these massacres, to stop the wars, to stop the attacks. It's hard. So that's the things that we are talking about, because every single international humanitarian law, it talks about civilians must not be attacked. Mm -hmm. Human rights is a fundamental rights. But we go back to Palestine and say no international humanitarian law, no international law even is applied. So we Mm -hmm. have to hold accountability. And this is what we are trying, as Mm -hmm. I'm telling to do.
0: Thank, thank, thank you very much, Fatima. I mean, you know, for people sitting here, it's uh, it's almost as though you know. Let's say we were in Bristol and we have never been able to go to London, uh, because we have to ask uh, a foreign power if we may do so. Look, we're getting lots of questions and lots of people sending in um, their points of view and and uh, and their support. Rafik McNamara. Rafik says Gaza is the heart of humanity and the youth are our hope for humanity. We love you and your voice is more important than any politician or diplomat. So there you go. That's all for you three there. Um, Operata says, my first time here too. also heard about this channel from Navarro tonight. I visited Palestine last year, the West Bank. How hard is it for people from the UK to visit Gaza? Well, there's a question. Um, Also, uh, this is from Stephen Watters. Stephen says, uh, uh, was your choice to study law? driven by the injustice the residents of Gaza have endured? Uh, And uh, we'll take two or three questions, if that's all right, and we'll come to you first, Roa. Shahad uh, Al-Nami, I'm a Palestinian-Gazan girl, very happy that the whole world started to know more about Palestine and Gaza. We are normal people, and it's our right to live peacefully. So um, there are a bunch of questions there. Roa, come to you, if that's okay. Um, So... Yes, the first one is. You know, is it is it easy for people, or, or is it possible for people from the UK to visit Gaza? Uh,
1: well, uh, no one is allowed to enter Gaza until uh, unless they are with uh, with the humanitarian uh, official organizations. Uh, however, when I was younger, I used to. Um, Until now, actually, follow a YouTuber called Jay Palfrey. He's a a traveler from the UK, and he tried so many times to enter Gaza and come to this uh, uh, city to just visit and see uh, how people are living. Uh, He tried really hard, but then uh, actually it it failed. He couldn't uh, make it here because it was uh, pretty hard for people from outside to enter Gaza. So it's uh I'd rather say it's kind of impossible unless you are with a, a humanitarian organization. And sometimes even if you are with some uh, international organizations, you are not allowed to enter it. So, yeah, it's kind of possible, impossible.
0: <laughs> Hamza, coming to you, there's a question. This is from um, Miriam, and she's in Manchester in northern England. Can you tell us what life was like during May's bombardment. And do you feel the media cares about you after the bombardment? What, what, what was it? Um, I mean, because, I mean, of course, there is media interest, international media interest, when some attack is happening. But then it all goes away afterwards. And we never, we never learn what happened to people and what's happening in terms of reconstruction. And then, of course, people say, oh, look at all this reconstruction. And then it all gets bombed again. So what was it like living uh, through May's bombardment? You need to unmute yourself, Hamza.
2: Well, I actually, I didn't hear the question oh. you know, very well, but I, I guess it's about how is it like to yes. be living with uh, uh, these bombardment. continuing bombardments, isn't it? Yes. Well, um, yeah undoubtedly, Gaza gaza uh, like uh, the whole gazans now all are thinking of war yeah. like uh the continuing uh, wars against Gaza made them just expect in the future wars now if you asked a Gazan, uh, uh, what are you expecting to come like in the coming months no yeah he would definitely tell you yeah a, a war is about to happen because you know uh, uh, the unstable situation in in in, in the uh, inside israel and even in gaza also lead us to uh, expect uh, that Israel might go for uh, that choice aggression against Gaza in order to uh, blah 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 in order to uh, uh, maintain uh, the government of uh, one of the governments uh, of them. Uh, uh, so the, these uh, continuing uh, uh, aggressions against Gaza made them uh, uh, think that way. That way of uh, I used to call it the concept of death. Uh, for the Gazans. Now, uh, uh, as a Palestinian, for me, I lived before in Spain for, uh, for uh, a whole semester. Uh, I, when I want to compare between Spanish people and Gazan people uh, uh, in, in Palestine or specifically in Gaza, they have that concept of death, which means that they only think of death, they only expect death, because they already expect wars because of the continuing aggressions and wars against Gaza. That leads them uh, to think of the concept of death. That means that they don't uh, look and search for uh, these uh, like interne- entertaining uh, features of life. Uh, they are not thinking like any other European people uh, when in every summer, oh, I am going in, in a tourist uh, journey, for example, to Paris or to, uh, uh, for example, to the Maldives. No, no, no. This is it. Does not exist in Gaza. This is the concept of death. This is a normal life situation which most of the whole world is living. While in Gaza, it's it does not exist. Uh, uh, But when you look at uh, any other people uh, outside Gaza, the normal people like in Europe or in Spain that I used to live, uh, uh, in every single and every weekend they used to go for uh, having some kind of tourism in in maybe to belgium to uh, to netherlands or any uh, other country visiting uh, their neighbors uh, visiting uh, their relatives uh, and so on and so forth and also in the christmas there also my my uh, classmates went to uh, visit uh, their uh, families uh, like uh, the Erasmus students went to Italy for the Italian Erasmus students went to Italy to visit their families, celebrating the Christmas with their families. Well, I couldn't go back to Palestine or to Gaza in order to uh, have some kind of uh, a celebration with uh, my family and and, and the Christmas, uh, because it's really hard. I I went out from Gaza in a real uh hard situation it took me over 40 hours in order to just step out of the uh uh, your the egyptian airport and then when i came back it took me (laughs) over 50 hours to get back and uh, hug my families my fathers and my mothers uh my my father and my mother uh you know so this is uh uh, uh, the concept of death that most of the Gazans. for example now it's summer it's crotchly hurt. Uh, everyone of Gaza uh, is having that kind of uh, really suffering because of the, uh, the the temperature degree that hit records. Uh, I, I was reading, uh, like, maybe two days ago, uh, an article about uh, how the other countries are, are in Spain, more specifically because I'm still interested in uh, how it's going, it going in, uh, in Spain. There's also a, hot, uh, a heat waves uh, uh, in Spain, but the governments there deal with uh, such situations. They have uh, uh, plan A, plan B, plan C, they have alternatives, they have possibilities to do with their people. But here in Gaza, even the electricity, which is uh, an essential or a basic life requirement, it does not exist. When you talk about uh, uh, air conditioning here, uh, I used to live in Spain in a house that consists of or has uh, three air conditionings. But here, even though we don't have any uh, uh, air conditioning. Uh, neither me, neither any other, uh, nor any other family in Gaza have their uh, air conditioning, which is a basis uh, or a basic uh, life requirement. It does not exist. I'm not talking only about air conditioning, uh, uh, <clears throat> it's really a miserable situation when you come to talk about uh, these uh, normal life uh, uh, requirements, normal life or daily life features in Gaza, one of the choices that Gazans might reduce their own uh, 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 suffering uh, through is going to the the sea. This is a fundamental or a a magic solution for them. And that's a really blessing from God for us and a really great solution for us. And I yeah I spent my whole summer uh, time and um, in the sea with my friends. Yeah. Whenever I get depressed, whenever I get uh, very uh, like- this is I
0: mean listening to you, and to to Ro and to Fatima. I mean, it's very very difficult for us to really truly appreciate how you are living, how you are surviving, really. Um, And yet, you know, how that you're able to present yourselves in such a positive way, because I think a lot of other people would find it very, very difficult. And I mean, when you just mentioned the sea there, I was suddenly the first thought that occurred to me was, yes, even the fishermen are are, are prevented by the Israeli uh, economic tightrope around Gaza from going to fish beyond a certain limit. Wherever you are. I mean, when but when. When the United Nations, other organisations, and people talk about Gaza as being an effectively the world's one of the world's largest open air prisons, that is a reality. So I suppose you know, but, but trying to be optimistic and look looking forward. If I come to you, Fatima, I mean, you know, in ten years' time, let's say, do you think the situation? in Gaza could be improved or will have improved? And how would you like to, how do you think that that can actually happen?
3: Yes. uh, If we stay at this condition in same circumstances and with the same silence from the international community, Mm From the people, and if the international community will not be ac- held accountable for the people who still silent for our suffering, I don't think we will get improved. I don't think the 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 condition of uh, Palestine even will be improved because when we look to the past, when we look for right now, we we just see the idea of how it just like we just suffer and suffer and suffer. We just struggle and struggle and the struggle, and now we are having extreme struggle. So it's according to the situation, and if the international community is still ignoring and will ignore uh, our suffering i think that n- nothing will happen for palestine and and more coming war will be happen and and a lot of people will be killed and a lot of houses will be uh, will be destroyed and a lot of dreams will be lost so the idea here is that the international community must speak up must stop being silent for us and this is the idea because when the international community held the people accountability for for their actions things will of course change for us and everything will be in our side with the, the side of people of palestinian have the right of self-determination have the right for of freedom have the right to go out and come inside gaza whenever they want what i'm thinking is uh, the situation in the coming year uh, will not change we will mm-hmm. be for more, more and more hard uh, situation uh, as we here trying to stop these things and you know just in a minute our life can be like uh, finished and cancelled and postponed. So the idea here you know, the international community, the people who uh, have uh, let me see. Let me say possibilities. If they speak up for us, and if they really see the the reality, everything will change. But if we will stay for this situation, like let me say, we are having wars and attacks in Gaza, and then someone come and say, let's stop the war, and they stop the war, then uh, what will happen uh, then? nothing another war will be held like imagine 2008 2009 then we have 2012 2014 2019 then we have Mm -hmm. 2021 then we have 2022 then 2023 the last war and a lot of escalations and a lot of uh, thing uh, blockade so how things will will change in a few years while we are having Every and each year an escalation, and we can see the silence of international community for uh, our suffering. How the change will come? Uh, uh, I think how the change will come by us, the 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 Palestinian young writers who are trying to speak for Palestine, and every yeah. single youth here in Palestine trying and struggling to survive, to speak up for his or her and her right here comes the change. Even if we know that it is in uh, in vain sometimes, I'm studying English law. I'm studying international law, international humanitarian law. And in every world, people around me are telling me and asking me, why you are you studying such a uh, specialization? Why you are you in such major? In vain, there is no international humanitarian law is applied here. There is no international law is applied in the region. There is no international humanitarian law is applied in Gaza. So here is the idea. When the, the international humanitarian law will be applied in Gaza, will be will come into force in Gaza, of course situations will change. So. Uh, all I can say and all the things that I have in my my mind as youth uh, writer uh, here in Gaza, we have to speak up more for Palestine. International community must speak up more for us. It is not just about like to go outside in the streets and to speak and shout for Palestine, and free Palestine, and then to go back home and sit and we, uh, we, we were being shooted and killed here in Gaza. It is not the story. You have to speak for us every and single minute to put pressure under the international community, to put pressure in your organizations, and your governments. So here is the idea we don't have to... People have not stopped talking about Palestine until the international humanitarian law will be applied in Palestine, until our (laughs) civilians, our women, our children will not be killed in Palestine, in their homes, until our life... I'm wondering
0: if the the international uh, law uh, could best be um, applied through an international protection force. Now, I, I imagine this is going to be very difficult because of the... Use of the veto, but as the situation uh, continues to deteriorate with this occupation, which is becoming, by all accounts, you know, you're there, you're surrounded in Gaza, but on the West Bank and Jerusalem, the occupation is intensifying, the settlement is intensifying, the the attacks and the violence is too, and now we see uh, amongst uh, the Israelis a great division as well. You do really get the the impression that the situation is coming to a something of a head. And I know we, people say, oh, yeah, we've been here before. But there is a real, real sense that this tension is building to such a degree, Roa, that perhaps, you know, this push for international protection, because if, for instance, it would be possible to have a UN protection force uh, patrolling the borders of Gaza I know the aim and the, and, the, and, the, and the strong desire is for a Palestinianist, a, a democratic, secular Palestine, hopefully with equal rights for all. But if there was at least to begin with international protection, could that help? Could that stop some of the attacks that have been going on and, and end this cycle of, of of war? What do you think, Roa?
1: Well, I think of uh, people from the UN, as you said, if they are humanitarian, uh, everything would be cool. It's not about protection. It's not about needing a force to protect us. Uh, it's just about uh, not being double standard because uh, th- this is the main idea. They do have protection for several nations, but when it comes to Palestine, it's just a different story. And I don't want to go into politics a lot, but uh, it's it's obvious, but they do not talk about it. People may know it if they read about the situation, but uh, the publicity is not actually showing it. So I don't think a protection is what we need. I think what we need is the, the right of self-defense to, to this is our land and it's been stolen. I cannot tell you that I, I stole your your pens and now I'm gonna make an agreement and give you three pens to be fair. It's not fair. These are all my pens and you stole them. It's my right to return, to take them all. That's what we are looking for. A protection, I don't, it's my personal opinion, but yeah, a protection is not what we need. What we need is to for Palestine to be free, for my country to to visit my the, the lands that my parents, my grandparents have grown up in. And yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Ra. Look, we'll go to uh, some more comments and one or two more questions. Uh, we've got about 10 minutes left. Uh, Mohammed Zaha says, uh, Hi, this is Mohammed Zaha. Uh, I'm a writer with We Are Not Numbers. I published my last piece with you entitled Not Address Rehearsal, When Drama Becomes a Fight for Survival. In my story, I want to highlight the devastating impact of the Israeli occupation on our lives. The story also revolves around how war can abruptly disrupt and change lives in the blink of an eye. Um, Rafiq McNamara says, uh, Alhamdulillah, I have been able to travel through Egypt to get to Gaza twice over the past few months. It is possible to visit Gaza. It's a rough journey, but it is possible. I didn't use any NGO. Um, and going further down, um, we're, please don't forget to give this show a thumbs up. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, please, to Palestine Deep Dive. Um, and we go down... Um, Huda Skake says, uh, and I hope I've got the your pronunciation of your name right. Huda, Huda Skake. As a Garzan girl, I think things will be harder. We have many memories from wars that are so horrible, but we will not stop loving and living. We, as young students, will send our voices by writing. And uh, William in London asks, Can Roa explain what life is like on the ground day to day? Is it true? Drones are constantly in the skies buzzing. What does it feel like? In fact, I'll ask you, Roa, and then I'll come to you, Hamza, and to Fatima to answer the same question. What's it like? Is it true drones are buzzing around the place?
1: Yes, it is true. Uh, every like uh, period of the day we hear this, these buzzing sounds uh, from the drones, uh, the mainly um, drones above us to... I don't know maybe spying <laughs> uh but yeah they are they feel like uh you know when you are sleeping and and you, you it's a really good sleep and then there is this mosquito that tries to just make you feel the most uncomfortable person on the world and just goes buzzing 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 around your ears this is how it feels like especially when you are on, on, on work on a zoom meeting I, I remember i once was in a zoom meeting outside in a cafe and uh this drone just decided to revolve <laughs> above me and and they were like uh roa could you please uh talk when these buzzing sounds are not around are you in a bee farm or something and i was like well sadly this is how it sounds you are bothered by the sound when you are not even here so how about people here (laughs) and uh, yeah it's it's really annoying it's it's it can be so annoying that you cannot even sleep you cannot even uh, do stuff like uh, it's 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 uh, rather bothering, I would say.
0: Hamza, what's it like for you?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. That uh, sound of buzzing and uh, the Israeli uh, drones and what we used to call, or we still call, uh, as zanana It is called, you know. Uh, definitely, it's around your voice. You hear it uh, everything every you know, time of the day. Not only in specific period of the day Uh, especially after the aggressions, uh, it also keeps lighting above our heads but let me say uh, it's not that big problem anymore because we are used to that there Mm -hmm. are much more uh, uh, complicated stuff that we are going through, now we are used to that, it's been uh, doing so since uh, the blockade against Gaza or uh, since the day I was born, so it's not that problem anymore for me. Uh, so we are used to that, and yeah, it's 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 become as a part of our daily life. It's like our daily music. We can't live without it. Yeah, we used that. So it's no more uh, disturbing. So we used it.
0: Fatima, finally coming to you. Uh, tell us what life is like for you on a daily basis, and tell us about the drones and the spying, and also. Uh, one final question I'll come to you on as well, because we've been talking throughout this show about people understanding, learning more in order to be able to do more. But as we know, because we've seen it ourselves, journalists have been attacked by the Israeli military in the past. So it's very difficult to tell the story, too, isn't it? I think you're, you're muted, Fatima. Fatima.
3: I didn't hear uh, the second part of the question. Yeah, the, the, so the Fatima, can
0: you it, please? Yeah, of course, Fatima. So uh, essentially, I mean, if you could let us know something about um, daily life for you, um, but also to address the really big question is how we, we we're hearing from you. But very often it's difficult for journalists to report from Gaza, either because they can't get in or because they've been targeted by the Israeli military. So um You know it is very difficult isn't it to to, to, for for you to be able to tell your stories but tell us tell us something about your daily life and some of the privations you're forced to live under
3: first of all when you are talking about uh, the zanana uh, for me, I will never get used for something which is like this, and I hate the idea of us of us of or of anyone else uh, trying to normalize being having the nana over our heads. It's super hard. For me, sometimes I feel that death is near to me. You know, sometimes it is really near to us for our houses. And imagine the idea that you think that it is going to be your turn, and especially in the times of war. And even now, whenever I hear the sound of it, I just feel very confused. And I start telling my family, stop talking, go and check the news. I will never normalize the idea of of having something for of uh, uh, um, my of. Uh, around me something like this it is something which is not normal it's really hits me hard and some I and I think that I have like something which is like a trauma from these sounds whenever I hear a sound which is related to things like this I really feel confused and uh, I just feel something will happen to me. So I think it's hard for us to have to to, to normalize the idea of having as a nana uh, over Gaza. and they always thinking why when will the time I will not be able I will not be able to hear something like this so it's hard uh, and sometimes as I mentioned you can feel that this is near to you and maybe you are going to be the next uh, the, the one who is going to be uh, attacked so uh, it's something which is hard and they wish one day it will disappear from the world, all over the world. I know that the world is not suffering from Zanana, but just the idea of Zanana, I wish it will disappear. Uh, and for the second time, when we are talking about journalism and the people who are trying to speak up for the Palestinian uh, case, to speak up not just from Palestinian journalist, journalists but also from people who are outside Gaza, it's so hard for them, and I know the struggle and the things that they are going through. One day we were having Yasser Murtaja, and he was killed by Israeli occupation while he was covering the events of Gaza. So, yes it's hard we haven't and i'm mentioning a lot legal terms but because i am a lawyer let me say i'm a similar lawyer but it's something that we have international humanitarian law that they must be protected but he was also killed because just covering the idea of palestine and also we suffer fatima we can be like, can't uh, postpone and maybe they prevent us from traveling outside Gaza because we just write for Palestine and you speak for politics and imagine the idea, but just because you are speaking for your case and you are speaking for your land, you are speaking for yourself because you don't want to be the one who is going to be killed the next time, you will maybe be prevented from going outside and, and losing a lot of opportunities. And this happened a lot here in Gaza. When our young writers or our young speakers try to go outside Gaza, they suffer a lot because of this problem. They trying to speak up Israeli occupation and prevent them to go outside Gaza, because they know that the Egyptian border is so so hard. And so they drop the other border, which is Aries. So they are trying to put obstacles and obstacles and struggles, uh, struggles, for Palestinian, but uh, if, so it's hard, and uh, I want to mention also Shireen abu Akla that also she was a journalist and she was killed in Jenin while she was covering the, 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 the picture of Palestinian normal, so imagine, it's hard, and when we, it's something I can mm-hmm. say that we are brave, and we are a people who are, who long to live, and who long to speak up for their case, and we will never stop speaking for our case and even whatever they did, we will uh, speak and speak and speak and try and try and try because it's our case. Uh, and yes, I, I will mention always, and I will tell always that the international community must put certain enforcement. When, when Rua mentioned that all we need is like in all of our right, we don't, uh, and the idea came to my mind that sometimes they go to the idea of negotiation give us this and take this so uh, no and this happened all over the time all over the topics all over the things that related for us as palestinian so they tell us to stop talking
0: yeah Palestine. fine
3: well, stop speaking to go out so yes
0: look fatima i'll have to i'll have to stop you there and th- and thank you very very much you,
3: if you mentioned something,
0: I'm just uh well, thank you very much I mean a very very a very very powerful exposition and contribution there and we have we want to hear more from all of you I'm sure that we will uh, and we'd like to thank Fatima Roa Hamza for joining us uh, to for joining us from Gaza it's not easy for them to join us from Gaza it's not easy for them to be able to speak up uh, and we really have to try and magnify their voices and help in any way that we can, and we wish them all the very best. Um, with we are with numbers, and we hope to hear more from them on Palestine Deep Dive and from elsewhere. And I'd like to thank all of you who have been in touch today, who have sent in questions, who have sent in comments, who have sent in your support. Uh, thank you. Um, here at Palestine De- Deep Dive, we'll be taking a short summer break, but thank you to Omar and to Alex uh, and to all the team. A Palestine deep dive but most particularly thank you to Fatima, Roa and Hamza and we hope to see you again soon.
1: Thank you so much.